Cursed Diamond by Peter E. Homan. Chapter 1. The Long Road to Boredom Are we there yet? It feels like we've been driving for hours, moaned Annie from the back seat of father's brand new luxury sedan. She breathed a heavy sigh, sending the curly blonde locks over her eyes flopping upwards before settling down and obstructing her view. Through the mesh of golden hair, she peered over her mother's shoulder into what seemed like a desolate wasteland in front of them. They had indeed been driving for what seemed like an eternity, and finally they had reached the first town after leaving the city. Not much to see, thought Annie despairingly. The tarred road had begun to disintegrate into a rather spotty collection of clumps of tar and unskillfully fixed bottles, and judging by the look of the place, and the rather vague explanation of where they were going, some place with no streetlights, tarred roads or cell phone reception, her mother had said, Annie had concluded that this town had to be their destination. I told you, sweetheart, you'll be there by half past three. It's still a while's drive, replied mother. She was paging through one of her homemaker's magazines and earmarked a page on bathroom furnishings. Annie, of course, thought the bathrooms back home were fine as they were, but mother had other ideas. Well then, what time is it now? asked Annie, refusing to accept such a generic answer. She could easily have looked at the clock on the front panel of the vehicle's dashboard, but it was one of those clocks with the long and short hands, and she still had some difficulty reading them. Two, mother replied bluntly. Two? Annie knew full well what her mother meant, but the silence in the car was torture, and any form of conversation would suffice. Yes, two. That should put an end to it, thought mother. Why don't you see if you can spot anything interesting outside? There was nothing of the sorts to be seen, save for a few pigeons, who leapt expertly out of the way as the car slowly crawled past them. Annie collapsed back onto the seat, distraught at the prospect of spending another hour and a half in the confines of that fine leather-cladded prison cell. Finally, her eyes rolled towards the other end of the seat. Robert, Annie's brother, was staring intently out the window. It must have been a far-off something he was looking at, thought Annie as she turned her energy towards her unsuspecting brother. His head was firmly rested against the glass and his perfectly manicured black hair, just like father's when there was still something to speak of, parted where it touched the window. He had always been more of the silent type. A deep thinker, mother once said. Annie, however, was yet to be impressed by any of her brother's thoughts, since these were normally concerning matters in which she had little to no interest, such as comic books and computer games which paled in comparison to playing in mud and climbing trees, at which she was a self-confessed expert. Wham! shouted Annie, as she launched a tiny yet securely positioned fist towards her brother's shoulder. Proudly beaming from the impressive impact she had made, Annie awaited retaliation from the older child. Older only by three years, mind you. Alas, he merely grimaced in a direction, as if the full force of Annie's eight-year-old fist had barely scratched the surface of his resolve, and a stern resolve at that. Robert had always been a very prim and proper young man. Never did mother have to tell him to comb his hair or clean his room. He was always neat and tidy, much like father. And he had, however, over the past few days noticed her brother become tardier in keeping up his pristine appearance. An irresponsibly missed button, an untied shoelace, and even an embarrassing incident involving an inside-out belt a few days ago. Brother, begged Annie, as she once again trespassed into the personal space of her beloved victim. Silence. 
Brother, she begged again, this time pressing her outstretched index finger firmly against his temple. What is it? he murmured, barely turning his head, but expertly, yet sloth-like, swatting away the mosquito-like finger buzzing around his head. What are you looking at? she inquired. After all, in her opinion, there was nothing noteworthy to be seen outside. Surely he needed to be entertained as much as she was. Nothing. Mind your own business, he snorted in her direction, before returning his head to the window. There was good reason why Robert was so grumpy. He had been staying up late for the past three days researching Devil's Leap, the farm where they were to spend the next two weeks of their summer holidays, and the lack of sleep was taking its toll on his mood. It all began when Mother told the children that they were all going to visit an old school friend of hers, Archie Darvel and his family, on their farm, Devil's Leap. Robert immediately jumped at the opportunity to learn more about what plants and animals they would encounter in the area, but during his research he stumbled across something much more compelling. While studying the wildlife in the surrounding area, he came across an old article with a bone-chilling subject, the so-called Cursed Diamond of Devil's Leap. He was mesmerized at the prospect of such a thing, and spent the previous two nights amassing as much information as he could about the Darvel family and the supposedly cursed diamond. To his dismay, there was nothing more than folklore and superstitious mumbo-jumbo available. The result of these late nights, however, was a very tired young man, and his eyes were just about to shut when he suddenly and violently got interrupted once more by Annie. She threw herself across him, kneeing and crawling like a deranged animal towards the window. Girls! screamed Annie, at the top of her voice, to the utter dismay of her brother, whose cheeks suddenly turned a bright shade of red when he frantically looked around him and saw the cohort of schoolgirls standing by the side of the road. Shut up! I'm not looking at them! whispered Robert, feeling the inquisitive stare of his mother burning at him via the rearview mirror. Robert! hissed mother. Language! She fleetingly glanced at the herd of schoolgirls waiting at the run-down old bus stop, then a gaze shifted towards her son, whose cheeks were glowing bright red. Had she looked closer, she would have seen the redness in his eyes, betraying his tiredness. Are we there yet? Annie asked again, having given up hope of getting her brother to entertain her. Mother gave her a stern look before easing it off with a smile. It didn't take long for them to pass through the small town and turn off at a large sign which read Devil's Leap in bold letters. The road leading to the farm soon turned into something resembling the inside layer of corrugated cardboard and Annie, who was enjoying the bumpy ride more than any of the other passengers, was jumping from joy and cheered every time the car skidded slightly on the fine dust covering the road surface. Meanwhile, father, according to mother's analysis, was trying his utmost to hit every single rock within his path. Suddenly, and without warning, the large vehicle began to skid again and with a gentle thud came to rest to the side of the road. There was silence as father tried several times to get it moving, but his attempts would only be met with the whining sound of wheel spinning and pebbles shooting up against the undercarriage before the car would cough and die. Robert sighed before returning his head to its rested position against the window. He had just fallen asleep moments earlier and was trying his hardest to return to the comforting slumber he so desperately needed. What's the matter? asked mother calmly before shooting father an I told you so look. He, on the other hand, was trying his best to remain calm. Slowly he opened the door, assured mother that everything was going to be fine, and proceeded to investigate the extent of damage to his brand new car. Don't worry kids, stated mother bluntly, as if, as an afterthought, she finally remembered the safety of the children.
Annie didn't waste a second, and as soon as father got out, she flung the door open and leapt to freedom. Robert could not be minded either, as he was once again happily snoring away. It had been an hour and a half since the car got stuck by the side of the road. Father spent a good 40 minutes trying to free his beloved vehicle, but to no avail, and tensions were rising as the afternoon heat began to take its toll. Mother accused father of only buying the new car to try and impress Archie Darvel, the man with whom he had invented a lifelong rivalry because of the friendship between mother and him. This, especially after mother had told father, in confidence, that it was not going all too well with the family farm, and that Archie had confided in her that he was being pressured by corporations, who had bought up almost all of the surrounding land, to sell the family property. Robert awoke from his slumber just in time to hear the discussion between his parents, and remained dead still in case they caught him eavesdropping. I see someone coming, exclaimed Annie, standing on top of the car's roof and stomping loudly with her feet. In the far-off distance, a plume of dust could be seen rising upwards. Annie began jumping up and down excitedly, sending loud metallic thuds echoing into the air. Annie, get down from there! You're going to dent it! ordered father, but Annie's excitement was too much to be contained. After all, she hadn't seen another person in quite a few hours, and was beginning to get quite bored with the lack of conversation available to her. The plume of dust grew ever closer, and soon a loud, rumbling noise could be heard coming up the road. A large, rusty truck came charging straight at them, and when it stopped, it was enveloped in a cloud of dust and pebbles. Well then, said father, unimpressed by the show, let's see who this is. Father's voice was stern and strong as ever, but hinted slightly that he was quite relieved that help had arrived. The mangy old truck's door swung open, barely holding onto its hinges, and out popped a boy no older than Robert. He was sturdier though, and had on his head a brown leather hat, which he immediately removed to reveal a head of dark brown hair to match his piercing brown eyes. Hello, I'm Anton, said the boy politely, and stuck out a hand in father's direction. You must be Mr. Harper. I am indeed, said father, and met the boy's firm grip. Oh, exclaimed mother, you look just like your father did at your age. Anton held his hand outstretched towards mother, who pushed past the greeting and gave the boy an enormous hug. Father raised his brow as if to show his discomfort with her familiarity. Annie came closer. She had never seen another child drive a vehicle on their own, let alone something as big as that, and someone as young as him. She walked right up to Anton and boldly stuck out her hand in his direction. I'm Annabelle, she stated but my friends and family call me Annie. She stared sternly into his eyes to show that even though he may drive trucks and wear leather hats, she was still just as strong as he was. If there was a tree around, she would show him in a second that she could climb it faster than he could. It's nice to meet you, Annabelle, he said. Or is it Annie? I guess that depends on whether we are friends yet. We'll see, Annie replied. You see that boy, she added, pointing towards her brother who was sleeping peacefully with his head against the window. That's my brother Robert. He doesn't like to be called Rob or Robbie. Just Robert. He doesn't always sleep as much either. Very well then, said Anton, rather confused as to what exactly was going on and struggling to consume all the information presented to him in such a short amount of time. Robert it is. He squinted and stared at the tuft of hair pressed against the window. How did you know to come and look for us? We must have been stuck out here for more than an hour and there's no cell phone reception, said Mother. Anton had already started investigating the cause of the car being stuck, and was halfway under the vehicle while he replied. His voice was somewhat muffled from under the car. It was a rather funny sight, thought Annie, the boy's feet sticking out and kicking to steady himself. 
We were expecting you to arrive an hour ago, he mumbled. When half an hour had passed, we knew that something must have happened. Many normal cars struggle on these roads, especially with the drought, due to the fine dust covering the surface. My father sent me out here to see if I could find you, and here we are. Father smirked at the notion that his car should be categorized with just any old normal car. He had spent a good deal on this new car of his, and would be damned if anybody were to put it down. Uh-oh, said Anton. He had crawled so far underneath the car that only his feet were visible. I think I can see what's wrong. What is it? What can you see? asked Father, rather distressed at the thought that anything to do with his new vehicle would involve the phrase, uh-oh. There's a clump of grass wrapped around the front axle, explained Anton. You see, the tall, dry grass can be very tough, and when a large clump of it gets rolled up around the axle such as this, it can be quite difficult to get it off. He pulled a pocket knife from the back pocket of his khaki shorts and proceeded to carefully cut away the rolled up grass. With a few heaves and pulls, he finally crawled back from under the car, holding a large clump of grass and dirt, and held it out towards Father. There we go. It should be free now. Father rushed to the driver's side door, jumped in and started the engine. With a loud roar, the car readied itself and shot up onto the road, leaving deep grooves within the film of dust. Oh, finally, exclaimed Mother, clapping her hands together. The noise and sudden movement had woken Robert, and he was confusedly looking around him to make sense of his surroundings. Robert, said Mother loudly, come meet Anton, Mr. and Mrs. Darwell's son. He's come to save us. Father looked somewhat gloomy at the thought of having been saved by a Darvel, but nonetheless seemed happy at his beloved car being freed from where it was stuck. Come on, Robert, wake up! A reluctant Robert slowly oozed out of the vehicle and made his dreary way towards the merry party. He wiped the sleep from his eyes and suddenly found himself standing in front of the new boy. I, I'm Robert, he said sleepily with his hands firmly in his pockets. Anton, said the other boy and nodded and his eyes leapt from the one to the other. Robert was a shy bit taller than Anton, but very much lacking in stature and posture. There also seemed to be a certain air of confidence around the tanned boy with the messy hair. Robert, on the other hand, was slender and almost sickly looking. Not that he was at all unwell, he just looked like it most of the time. Very well then, shall we get going? asked Father, whilst giving his spectacles a thorough cleaning on the hem of his shirt. He looked rather out of place what with his round eyeglasses, office trousers, and stiff manner. Indeed, said Anton. You can follow me. There are a few patches of road that might be troublesome. It would be better if I drove up ahead. Anton rushed towards his beloved old truck, and just as he steadied to clamber up the side of it, Annie called after him. Can I ride in that thing with you? she asked, pointing an excited finger to the metal monstrosity. It was all terribly exciting, and besides, the last thing she wanted was to be cooped up in that car for another minute. It looks like fun! Of course, replied Anton. I don't mind if you ride along with me. That is, if your parents are fine with it. He looked towards Mother for confirmation. Oh, they won't mind, said Annie quickly. She thought it better to interrupt this asking the parents nonsense before things got out of hand, and leapt onto the rear wheel of the truck before expertly slipping onto the back. Just be careful, all right, urged Mother, laughing as she stared after Annie, who was already securely holding onto the large metal bar that spread across the back of the truck. Robert, don't you also want to ride with him? The boy looked up at his mother and tilted his head, as if to gauge his sanity. Why would I? Must I? He stammered. Robert certainly was not in the mood to ride on the back of any old truck, let alone that rusty old death trap. He could barely keep his head upright so tired was he, that a bumpy ride in a rumbling old machine would certainly be the end of him. Oh, come on, Robbie, urged mother, 
knowing full well that he detested being called that. Maybe you'll enjoy it. Besides, it can't be too far to the house. The fresh air will be good for you, she added, before giving Robert a playful yet determined push towards the old truck. Don't you worry about him, Annie whispered to Anton. He really is a pleasant chap. He just hasn't been sleeping well lately. He spends all his time reading books and learning the proper names for things. Rather silly if you ask me. Anton smiled at Annie and nodded before placing the leather hat back on his head. And after waiting for Robert to reluctantly clamber onto the back with his sister, he brought the old beast to life and gave it a heavy thrust to get moving.